friendships. Next week is going to be the Veterans Day weekend, and we're going to be thankful for service. The third week is going to be thankful for worship. And then as we gather together on the 24th of November, the weekend prior to Thanksgiving is just being that, being grateful and being thankful. So today, again, we start off with friendships. If you are able to please stand for the reading of God's word as found in the book of, uh, gospel book of John, chapter 15, beginning on verse 9. If you have your own Bible, you, the words may be a little different. I am doing it from the NLT version. The Bible says this, and this is Jesus speaking, the words, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. Let's pause for a word of prayer. God, as we start this series of thanks living, living a life of gratefulness, we're so thankful that we get to start this off, this series, with friendships. We pray, Lord, that the Spirit be moving and continue to move in our lives, that we're able to receive your word today and be appreciative of our relationships. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. You may be seated. So ladies and gentlemen, today we are going to be looking at two uh, key uh, friendships. The first one is the friendships that we have with other human beings. And the second one is about God's friendship. Now when it comes to friendships, you know, we human beings, some of us may uh, go and maintain and create a, a friendship a little easier than others. But I want to share something with you. You may all be thinking about what it means to be a friend, what you're looking for, what are your requirements to say that someone is your friend. So at this very moment, go ahead and think about one word or two words that you require or you look for in another individual when it comes to saying that you are, that they are your friend. So go ahead and do that for a moment. And yes, that also includes those who are listening on our podcast. Think about it for a moment. All right, now that you've already thought about it, again, one or two words, I usually come and share my personal experience of what I look for, too. But this week, as I prepare for it, I went and searched into the World Wide Web, a.k.a. the Internet. And I asked the question, I put in that search the question, what do you look for when you are looking for a friend or friendships? So I'm going to share with you a few words that may be the same one that you were thinking about when I asked that same question. First one is uh, trustworthy. That's what you're looking for or require. You're looking for someone that is, uh, when it says friendship, it's uh, loyal. You may be thinking about uh, someone that is accepting because of our flaws. You may be looking for a friend that is forgiving and patient because you know that we are not perfect, right? And so you're looking for that in an individual. You're looking for someone that is respectful. 
You're looking for someone with low maintenance. How, and when I read that, I'm thinking, low maintenance? And when I read a little bit uh, more into it, it was saying about sometimes individuals want to cling on to somebody all the time, wherever they are. What are you doing? Where are you going? Can I go? And it's like they were clingy, you know. But so low maintenance, those are uh, friendships. Sometimes people be like, just you're over there. I'm over here, right? There are times even for me, I go and uh, if I don't see an individual that I, for a couple months or even a couple years, when we get together, we just celebrate, you know, it's just that bond that we have together. You may be in that same boat, again, dealing with individuals who may be low maintenance. You may be looking for individuals in, uh, in the friendships that are non-judgmental. You may be looking for someone who needs to be honest. Let me pause there for a moment. I have three brothers, as many of you know. One of them usually calls me up, and he already named me something. He doesn't say, hey, Ricky, you know, uh, he does say, Ricky, how you doing? But he, he labeled me as El Matador, <laughs> which means the killer of dreams, right? <laughs> so he usually calls me up all excited, and it's happened in the past. Hey, Ricky, Ricky, man, I, 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 I got this idea. I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to do that. And I say, it's not going to happen. And they're like, they're like, what? There's a silence. Like, you're right, man. You're my big brother, man. You're supposed to support me. I said, yeah, but that's not going to happen because this and this. And he calls me El Matador. All right? But he also knows, ladies and gentlemen, that there's a balance. When he calls me up and he's all, there's also been in other areas that he's called me. And he says, Ricky, this is what I'm thinking. This, this, this. And I'm thinking, you're right on. You're right on. Keep on going. You got the gifts. You got the talents. You got the ability. Go ahead. You know, if you need my support, go ahead. Just let me know. And so he understands that there's a balance. So most of the time he calls other people, but, you know, he's like, because he doesn't want to hear the, it's not going to happen. He wants to be able to uh, hear that, yes. It's good. Go ahead and do that all the time. But just again, just being honest with him. It's all good. El matador. When you think of friendships, we don't think of perfection. Because we know, as I already mentioned, we already have our flaws. We don't think of hierarchy. We don't think of demands or commands. We don't think of submission and authority. Jesus talks about friendship in this text today. When I read in verses 9 through 12, it says, uh, and I'm going to ask you uh, to participate here. Every time you see the word love on the scripture reference, I want you to yell it out. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love. Each other in the same way I have loved you. I mean, this, all that scripture, all those verses right there in about, in about two or three verses, you're looking at words that Jesus was talking about love, agape. And so when we think about ways that Jesus thinks about and requires friendships, here's the first point I have for you. If you're taking notes, it is friendships require love and obedience. Friendships require love and obedience. So when Jesus, when we talk about this word of, you know, agape or things, Jesus is talking about friends who come together and really say that they're friends, but also saying that it's one who is loved. One who is loved. To be Jesus' friend and to love Jesus are synonyms. 
Because both are defined as keeping Jesus' commandments. So it requires love and obedience. In addition to all the other ones that you may have thought of or that I shared. The second point I want to share with you is that friendships require sacrifices. We don't want to hear that a lot of times, you know, if you, if you want to be my friend, there's no sacrifices, you're just my friend. You know, if you deal with sacrifices, get away from me type of thing. But verse 13, it says, Jesus is saying here, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Friendships require sacrifices. Jesus tells his disciples, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends, those who are loved. And then Jesus says, you are my friends. Jesus is preparing to what's going to happen because Jesus knows that he has to make a sacrifice for not just for their sake, but for you and for me. As he's on the cross, he has sacrificed his blood shed for our sins. He already knew that there was going to be pain that was coming, that was coming but he was letting them know that is the greatest love to lay down one's life for one's friends, the one you love. He says this immediately after he tells them to love each other in the same way I have loved you. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 6 through 11, the Bible says this. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. I love those words. At just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would be willing to die for, uh, excuse me, would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. We are to rejoice by the action that Jesus did for us. He sacrificed, called us friends. You see, sometimes when you think about friendships require sacrifices, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, and you may have fallen to this same category, sometimes those sacrifices are the friendships that you have to cut off some of those friends that either are hurting you and then all of a sudden beyond you go and try to hurt your family. Those others, those that you're trying to sacrifice the relationship and for the, sake, for the sake of sanity. There are things that we have to cut off and that we sacrifice. And yes, sometimes those sacrifices are our friendships. Jesus wasn't immune to that. He was even saying, look, there are people who are going to persecute you because of me, Jesus was saying. He already knew that. In another scripture, he's saying, you know, leave your, your parents, leave those that, that you know of, and just follow me. There's a sacrifice that takes place when we're dealing with friendships, and especially the friendship that we want with Jesus Christ. The third point I want to share with you is that friendships are rewarding. 
not always the, 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 the negative things. The friendships are rewarding. And I'm pretty sure you could think of individuals that you call your friends. This is my friend, and that's how you introduce them at times. This is my friend, this person. This is my friend, this person. And just with, the, with a smile, because you've built on that relationship. God bless you. In verse 15, the Bible is saying here, Now you are my friend since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command that we love one another. So friendships are rewarding, but when you think about what, what, what do you mean by rewarding? Well, the Bible is telling us here, here's Jesus tells his disciples. He's telling us that we, he wants us to be his friends. He wants to call us our friends. The rewarding is that knowing that what Christ knows. When you start building a relationship with somebody else, you get to know what they like and what they don't like. You build up on it. So the Bible is saying here that Jesus is saying here that I told you everything that the Father has told me that you are now my friends. It is a reward because the Bible is saying that we didn't choose God. God chose us. And you're probably saying there's no way that God would choose me. If he would only know, let me tell you, he does know. If, if other people would know, it's like God chose you. And that's where our, our founding father of United Methodism, talking about John Wesley, he spoke about three areas of grace. And one of them is prevenient grace, which means before. Before we knew God, he loved us. Before we knew God, we were receiving his grace. Before we knew God, we were receiving his mercy. And the blessings continued going on and on. Before we knew God, and the moment came that we asked for forgiveness. How could, love, how could God love, love us? Because we know who we really are. The rewarding because it reminds us that we matter. The Bible is saying here that we're receiving the blessings of God in order, not just keep it to ourselves, but that we're able to produce fruit and that it is lasting fruit. And we can pray to God in Christ's name. That is the reward because of what Christ has done. When Pastor Gill or any other pastors, they go and pray for the pastoral prayer, towards the end, they're saying, in Jesus' name. They're not saying in Pastor Ricky's name. They're not saying in my name. It is the name that is above every other name, Jesus. Because he made that sacrifice, he knew that when he was calling them friends, what he was going to be doing, no longer be called slaves. We should take time to thank God for the friendships that we had, the friendships that we have, and the friendships that will be created here in the future. But most importantly, be grateful knowing that God has called us friends and encourages us to make the relationship stronger day by day by day. Just like the words that you had you know, thought about earlier in the, in the sermon, the love, the, lo excuse me, the loyalty, the trustworthy, honesty, and whatever other words that you thought about that required for friendships, Jesus is that and much more. But here's the part is that friendships are built. It's kind of tough to be able to look at somebody that you meet for the very first time and say, you know what, you're going to be my friend for the rest of my life. You don't know that individual. 
But how you become friends, you build in a relationship, and every day that we have is be able to get closer and closer to be able to know what they like, what they don't like, what they like to, to buy, and what they really what their interests are and what their hobbies are, and you start building it, building it. And let me give you an example why I'm saying this. Even Jesus, our Lord and Savior, our friend, he, he didn't say they were friends from the from the get-go. When he went, he was calling out the disciples to follow me. It took him three years of ministry life to come to this point to say, you are now my friends. So if Jesus is our example, why can't he be our example when it comes to selecting and receiving the friends in our lives? Three years it took. Some of us have had friends in the past, and I want to share this for a moment before I'm closing out here. Some of us have had uh, friends in our past that we have called friends, and there, but what happened, something took place that it no longer exists. That relationship has been broken. You have probably been stabbed in the back. And therefore, what the result has been, that once you were thankful for that friendship, and now you're so hurt, and some people have actually taken that opportunity to say, I am so hurt, I am no longer going to say that anybody's my friend. They have closed themselves out from any opportunity to go friend. They have closed down any opportunity to create new friends, for new build relationships. I have been in funerals, ladies and gentlemen, that it is a full, a, a packed house. But I've also been in funerals that at least one, you know, two individuals were there. I still remember it was the lowest attended funeral. When finding out, I'm thinking, where's the family? Where's the friends? That family right there, the two says, she, she closed herself out many years ago. She didn't want to deal with family. She didn't want to deal with friends. And this is a result. Ladies and gentlemen, God is not, you know, God wants you to live life and live it abundantly. He wants to be able to have, make, make sure that you have relationships with people, that we get opportunity to worship together, that we form many members, but we form that one body. He wants those relationships to take place. But what happens is sometimes people who are hurt and they block out saying there's no more and the people don't like me, people hate me, people are against me or whatever it be. They all of a sudden transfer that negativity into the relationship that they have with God. God, you don't love me. There's no way you can love me. I've done this or that and done that. And no, God, you're punishing me. I don't love you anymore. I want to share something with you. Can you really say that to a God that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for you and for me? If that's a God that's going to hate you, you have things, uh, things that are not matching up. This is a God that is loved. The God that I'm preaching to you today is the God that gave his son, Jesus Christ, for you and for me. The same Jesus that told the disciples, you are now my friends. Now, my friends. No greater love than the one that is laying down his life for his friend, for the ones we love. So I ask that you don't transfer that negativity of, of a human being, how, uh, how they hurt you, into the relationship that you have with God. Let me tell you, I've been hurt many times. And I don't want my relationship with God to be affected because another individual has hurt me. So I pray if anything today, ladies and gentlemen, if you're carrying that weight, if you're carrying all that negativity, if you're carrying all this bitterness and you've closed out the wall, if you opened up or, or, or built walls around you that you don't want to build relationships with people, 
I pray you start knocking that wall down and let God, let God work in your life. Because God has not forsaken you. He has not left it. The Holy Spirit is in our midst to be able to help us and lead us and guide us every day of our lives. So therefore, we should be thankful because God gave his son. We should be thankful for our friendships. And we should be thankful that, he, that God has not given up on us. That we can say, God, you called me friend, and I want to be able to take, take that very serious, even starting with today. I want to be thankful for our friendships. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we come before your presence and thanking you again for another day of life as we gather together to worship you together, one voice, with the music, with our voices, with our hearts, with our hands and feet and just our bodies, Lord, that we want to say thank you for the friendships that you have poured upon our lives, that you have called us friends. When we least deserve it, we have fallen short of your glory, but your love remains steadfast you still seek our relationship. That is so awesome to know. God, we know that there are people in this church that may be hurting by somebody else's actions. They once called them friends and still feel the pain. We just ask, Lord, that you break through the wall that's been created. But we also know that you respect the people's decisions. You will not force your way into someone's heart. It is by invitation. So we're thankful so much, Lord, for your friendship. Continue to help us and build our relationship with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited also because today we gather our hearts and minds to do communion. The same Jesus that said to his disciples, you are now my friends. Here we are remembering him for the sacrifice that he had done. The night before he gave himself up for us, he was having a meal with his disciples where he took the bread and gave thanks. He then broke the bread. He said, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He then took the cup. He gave thanks and he told them, drink from it all of you for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And so, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, you know, our members and our guests, we gather our hearts and our minds to prepare to come to the Christ table. But as we gather our hearts and minds, let's just pause for a word of prayer. God, we're so thankful. Today's message, you shared that you call us friends, but we have taken that lightly or we have not even paid attention to it before. But the message today that you are our friends, that it requires sacrifice, that it requires love, that it requires obedience to love one another just like you have loved us. And God, to know that it is a reward. One of the rewards is to come to the table to remember the sacrifice of Christ, our friend, Jesus. When we fall short of your glory, you remain trustworthy and honest and so much mercy and many blessings you pour upon our lives and we're so thankful. So we ask for forgiveness for the wrong that we have done, the things that we know we've done and the things that we haven't even realized the wrong that we've done. We ask for forgiveness, but also the things that we have not seen and do that is not pleasing in your sight. Show us, Lord. Convict us 
And after you do so, that we're able to respond with the way you want us to. So that way our will will be taken away and we do your will by the leading and guidance of the precious Holy Spirit. The Spirit, which is the greatest gift that you can pour upon our lives to remind us of Jesus and all the things he has said, just like saying, you are now my friends. The same Jesus who taught his disciples how to pray, and we continue with that prayer when he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I'm going to